Hey, hi, hello everyone. Welcome back to Barely Bookish. Thank you all for joining me for episode two. I am so excited to have you all. Um, just so you all know, in case uh, this is the first time you're checking out, um, these are spoiler inclusive and you should go in order. Uh, otherwise, you know, you start in the middle of the book. This um, set of chapters starts on chapter 11 so of Pride and Prejudice. So if you haven't read up to uh, through chapter 11, um, through most of the book, truly, you should read the book first and then come back and join us because I don't want anyone to get spoiled. But I am so excited. Um, just some quick housekeeping things. We also have a uh, Barely Book Club, so if you want to join and read uh, A Song of Wraiths and Ruin by Roseanne A. Brown with us, uh, we'd be more than happy to have you join us. It's on Discord. Um, you can find us by going to barelybookish.com connect. And it's a lot of fun. Um, it's pretty new on Discord, but I absolutely love that it's on Discord now. It's a lot more um, inviting, I guess. It's a, it generates a lot more conversations, so uh, we would absolutely love to have you. Um, so the reason it just jumps in on this one is because I accidentally recorded the first episode way too long. So I am once again joined by Amanda Fay. She's not here for the intro for us, but uh, you will hear her right again as soon as we start up the episode. So I hope you all enjoy this episode of Pride and Prejudice on Barely Bookish. Jane is well enough to finally come downstairs and Bingley is pumped. He's like, yes, this is my time to shine. She's been in my house for days and now I get to see her. Bingley is literally only talking to Jane the entire time and Elizabeth is like very happy about it. She's like, yes, this is what I want. I want them to be happy and in love. And Bingley's like not able to notice anybody else and it makes me happy. <laughs> and then Caroline is doing the absolute most to try and win Darcy at this point. She's just like, will not stop talking to him. I think this is a time where she does the quote turn about the room no yes. she does that in the other part with when he's writing the letter i think yeah yeah that's when they they do no well he's not writing the letter when they do in in the movie mm -hmm. they do the turn about the room when he's writing the letter but in the book it's when everybody is sitting down and supposed to be reading because oh. Hurst, Hurst is wanting to play cards and everybody's like no we're having a peaceful quiet night and Bing, Mrs. Miss Bingley's like, oh yes, I love being peaceful and quiet. Is there anything better than spending the night reading? And it lasts all of two seconds before she's like, let's get up and walk because she can't sit still because she can't read or something like that. <laughs> they really played that turn about the room being how awkward it is. Because like already in the book, I'm like, how big is this room? Because like, it doesn't seem like that's a normal thing even in that time it seems really weird yeah so i'm like how, you walk two steps you turn around you walk the other two steps you're done that's the room you know <laughs> i'm like is this like a ballroom size library or like where are they walking to pretty close i mean it's it's certainly bigger than any of our rooms <laughs> true i know but i was like reading it and then i like look up and i look at my room and i'm like if i were to walk this it's going to take me less than a minute. <laughs> I just, I was like, this must be really awkward. And then like in the movie, 
because you know he quotes and he's like i could only see the only reason is you wanting us me to like look at you as you do this and i was like okay he full-on just read them yes yes he but he's so he's so smooth about it he's mm-hmm. like if if that's what you want i can sit right here and just enjoy the show <laughs> i know it was so good and i just because that is literally what she wants. And then she gets mad at, like, um, Miss Bingley does that he says that. And I'm like, okay, but, like, that's literally all that you want. So I'm confused. Yep. So chapter 12. Miss ben- Mrs. Bennett says uh, they won't have the carriage until Tuesday. So they can't possibly leave even though Elizabeth wants to. Miss <laughs> Bennett is really trying to make them outstay their welcome. Darcy is doing his absolute utmost to make sure Elizabeth doesn't think he likes her. And I... <laughs> I'm like, you could just make this so much easier on yourself by, like, planting the seed now. But he's like, nope, there's no way. She's not allowed to know that I like her. Like, absolutely not. Illegal. And I just think it's funny. She's just so far below him that in in every way, shape, and form, I feel bad. I mean, the struggle is real. Poor Darcy. Elizabeth and Jane finally make it home at the end of that chapter. So, chapter 13. Mr. Bennett is bringing someone to dinner. Turns out that it's Collins, who is the distant cousin who is supposed to inherit uh, the Bennett estate when he dies and kick the daughters out on the streets. But now he's a clergyman, which the entire time I was like, is he that like, I guess that's like a pastor, right? Yeah. Yeah. So I just, I don't understand the dynamic between him and Lady Catherine. Like, do pastors just live on her property? He does live on her property. Yeah. So the way the way it works at that point in time um, was in her county or her parish. Mm-hmm. She is like the reigning, you know, she's the queen of her, her community, which I think mm-hmm. Collins made very, very clear. Yeah. And and so the the living or the parsonage, the the clergy at that point in time, because mm-hmm. remember they're not Catholic, so yeah. it, it's run through the state. So that was her position to give out. So she gave okay. him. She gave him the clergyman's position, but she is so, she is so all up in everybody's business that where in most communities, he would be like the pillar to whom everybody looks for. She, he would give her advice and not the other way around. Like you hear Darcy, when Darcy was talking about it, Wickham was going to be their pasture, you know, exactly. Um, But so, so they give the living because it comes with a house and a stipend and stuff it comes with money so they give the living to whomever they so choose and then they're done with it until they have to give it away again um because it's something that at that point in time was basically owned by by whoever had the the biggest the biggest money and and homes in that community but in collins's position she's so acd or ocd that Mm -hmm. and i think that's probably why collins got it because a man of stronger character would not have tolerated a woman like like Catherine being all yeah. up in his business like that. I know, and I was surprised even that Charlotte was able to tar- tolerate that because, oh, I could not do it. I would tolerate right. Lady Catherine. Yeah. Yeah, but look what she gets out of it. That's true. Wow. And you have I... to think at twenty seven, she was very pragmatic by this point in time. Yeah. <laughs> so weird because it's like. I, I'm thinking about I would have to have been married by now. Like, oh, yeah. It's so weird thinking about you're like, ooh, I don't like that. 
Well, Lydia was congratulated for being wed at 16, even though she, she went about it, you know, horribly wrong. Still, yeah. she was congratulated for getting it done so young in life. No, I'm like, <laughs> it sounds at that point, I was like, sounds like he's pretty pumped about getting the estate anyways. Um, and I was like, this is really weird. Like, I don't really seem to like this guy. Turns out he's the worst. The worst. The worst. And then I only have one note for chapter 14. It says, so the cousin is kind of a dirtbag. Also, I think he's sexist. I do not particularly care for Mr. Collins. I just wanted to kick him in the balls. I really did. Yeah. He's not a very nice person. I think he's trash. And also, um, he's just, he doesn't value anyone's opinion besides Lady Catherine's and his own. That is a true statement. Like, and the only, only reason he cares about Lady Catherine is because she's so much higher ranked than him. Yeah. He like worships her like she's a god, though. Um, chapter 15. Ew. Collins is trying to marry one of his cousins. That is my exact note. And then once he realized Jane was taken, he immediately moved to Elizabeth because he doesn't care which cousin he marries. It just has to be a cousin because in his mind, you have to keep it in the family. Well, I think actually the reason he's he's moving, he's marrying one of the cousins. First off, I don't think it's like a true cousin. They, you know, I mean, they've never met before. I think it's, it's, yeah. it's distantly, you know, a second or third cousin. He thinks, I think it's easy too. Like, I he, think for him, it's easy. He thinks by keeping it in the family, he's he's doing right by them because the girls yeah. are he's inheriting the estate so if if dad dies before all the girls are married off mm-hmm. then they've got no place to go they're essentially homeless yeah so he he thinks by marrying one of the girls he'll be justified you know he'll be able to keep them in the home with them you know he thinks he's doing a benevolent thing by trying yeah. to marry one of the bennett daughters in his mind at least i guess i just i think there was also like Oh, it's really easy because he doesn't want to search for a wife. He doesn't want to put in effort either. So gross. Poor Charlotte. (laughs) I know. It's just a loveless marriage. Um, All the Bennett girls and Collins decide to go for a walk. And then they they come across a handsome officer named um, Mr. Denny. And they're talking to him. And then Wickham comes up. And that's when they uh, cross paths with Darcy and Bingley. And somehow Darcy and Wickham know each other. Which, for a, quite a long period, I accidentally wrote Wickerham in my notes. So I it's, thought it's actually Wickham. Oh, Wickham. Wickham. Yeah, you're right. I always, like, I don't know why, but every time I read it, I put the ER on it, like a wicker basket. That's funny. <laughs> So it's like I thought I got it all and I just saw a part of my notes that says Wickerham. <laughs> Oops. <laughs> I'll have to change it later. I'll have to go through all those again. So in chapter 16, everyone is going to dinner at their aunt's house. And this is the point where you start seeing that Wickham, 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 there we go, has an interest in Elizabeth. And Collins is starting to realize that none of his cousins are interested in him. <laughs> And he's like, he's like, oh no, like I, I want one of them to marry me. So Elizabeth uh, really wants to figure out how Darcy and uh, Wickham know each other. Oh, there's another time I wrote Wickerham. <laughs> <laughs> I really thought I got all of these, and now it's like an entire, my entire chapter 16 notes say Wickerham. That's adorable. 
Whoops. This is what you get when you have like a little bit of dyslexia and you start trying to write notes as you're reading. Wickham has been connected to the Darcy family since birth. And this is kind of the point where um, he tells his side of the story, which is that he was a really good friend um, to Darcy's dad. but He doesn't really like Darcy. And uh, he feels that he was disgraced by Darcy's father. Uh, no, he feels Darcy was dis- uh, disgraces his father and uh, disappoints disappoints his hopes in Darcy. And then uh, Wickham says that he ooh, uh, was driven away by Darcy, which we all know is false. Yes. But listening to his side of the story, I'm like, wow, he really, like, I don't even know if he knows that it's his fault or if he legitimately thinks he's the victim. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Wickham Wickham was, in his mind, is 100% the, and even though he knows he's he's in the wrong and everything, he's lying through his teeth. Mm -hmm. I think he honestly believes that everything that happened is still Darcy's fault. Because if Darcy would have just given him what he wanted, yeah. none of this would have happened to begin with. Yeah, I just, oh, I hate Wickham. Like, not as much as I hate Mrs. Bennett, but like, we're getting there, you know? <laughs> so trash. This is where uh, Wickham says that Darcy's dad um, was going to leave something to Wickham, but it wasn't clear in writing. So apparently, in Wickham's mind, Darcy disregarded everything. So uh, Wickham says that Darcy is jealous of him because Darcy's dad liked Wickham better. And that's exactly what he says, which I don't. Did you think that he his dad actually thought like liked Wickham better or that that's what Wickham thinks? No, I think that's what Wickham thinks. I think that's what Wickham thinks. But I do think that um, I do think that he thought of Wickham as a son. Yeah. And so he tried to provide for him as best he could with without, you know, overstepping his his bounds. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I mean, he paid for his education. He he set him up with the living, you know, so he could be the he could have the parish on the property. So I, I most definitely I mean, they were raised as brothers. Yeah. And until Wickham threw that all away. Yeah. Elizabeth says she doesn't understand how Darcy is friends with Bingley when Bingley is so nice. And <laughs> It, it got to a point where every time Elizabeth uh, talked trash about Darcy, I'm like, that is your husband? Um, <laughs> please don't. Like, It's like when you... Uh, what show was I just going to say? It's when, like when you read Harry Potter and every time in the first few chapters that Ron talks trash about Hermione, I'm like, that's your wife. Like, <laughs> I know you're a child and you don't know, but that's your wife. Had you seen the movies before you read the books? I yeah, think I it- did. So I got that context of being like, okay, I know exactly what's going to happen, but I want more detail. Oh, you don't know exactly what's going to happen. Those books really went off script in some places. That's true. <laughs> I know. It's like, you. I thought the movies were amazing. I love the movies. And then like I read the books and I'm like, these movies are like American cheese. And there's <laughs> other cheeses out there that you... <laughs> you experience in the books you know you don't just have to settle like it's just the books are so much better that like now I watch the movies and I'm like okay this is like a little taster but like I need more yeah I I have to I have to think of them separately if I think about movies as a representation of the books I I get all wanting to throw things um so I have to think of them as two separate series they're two separate entities that just happen to have 
some things in common. <laughs> it's like Pride and Prejudice. I wanted a blow by blow. I wanted absolutely everything that happened in the book to happen on scene. Like I wanted to see all of it. And of course, he can't get that because he can't have a ten-hour movie. But I know. But I mean, we could, and we would watch it. Yeah, we'd watch. So. <laughs> it had to be like one of those um, Netflix short series. Like, I'd watch it. I'm just saying, I'd at Netflix, it. let me know. Well, I mean, the Lord of the Rings, the the Lord of the Rings trilogy. If you have you watched the unabridged version of the movies? We only own the unabridged, like the director's cuts versions. Yeah, I mean, the unabridged versions of the movies are like five inches, five hours long a piece. Yeah. yeah. So <laughs> you could do it. You could do it. You just have to be dedicated to the art. I know. I want to see it. I'd love it because 2005 did not give me nearly enough. No. No. Um, so. This is the first time we find out about Lady Catherine uh, Debro, right? Yep. Do, yeah. Do, yeah. Debo. Debo, uh, which is Colin's employer, and then we find out that it's Darcy's aunt. So everyone thinks that Darcy and Lady Catherine's daughter will marry and unite the two estates. Chris. <laughs> Every time. And, and they are direct cousins. There's yeah. no. Yeah. Yeah. Because cousiny is cousiny can get. I know. It's like, I know that that was a thing that happened, but I'm still like, Bleh. So, chapter 17. As Elizabeth uh, says what she found out to Jane, Jane thinks it's probably a misunderstanding because they don't know the full story, which this is the one time Jane was correct in her niceties. <laughs> the rest of the time, I'm like, no, you're being way too nice to these people that are trash. I absolutely agree. So then the Netherfield Ball is hosted by Bingley is coming up on Tuesday. And Collins claimed Elizabeth for the first two dances of the night. And Elizabeth's like, oh no. Oh no. And then she has to say yes. I think she got shocked into saying yes, actually. She was so surprised that she said yes, but she's like, oh no, I don't want to do this. Yeah, I mean, she said yes before she really realized what was going on. Yeah. <laughs> what she was saying. Ugh. Collins is such a creep. Creepy. That's an excellent description. He's super creepy. Yeah. He's just, he's gross. So uh, Miss Bennett likes the idea of Collins and Elizabeth, but Elizabeth is not into it. And I do not blame her because Collins is the worst. He's gross. So chapter 18, we're finally at the ball. Elizabeth has dressed to the nines trying to look extra nice because of uh, Wickham. And he's not even there. So... Which, of course, she blames Darcy for. Yeah. Collins is a terrible dancer, and Elizabeth was incredibly embarrassed, which I can feel that. Like, if you go somewhere and you're realizing that the person you're... Like, you go to a fancy restaurant and you realize that your date is, like, a terrible, messy eater. Like, oh. Like, I can't even imagine. She's like, I'm not going to dance with anybody for the rest of the night because that was terrible. Yep. And then uh, Darcy asked Elizabeth to dance, and she was so surprised that she said yes. And I was like, finally, the romance. <laughs> I was like, there's going to be hand touching and everything. I know. They, they get to stand within two or three feet of each other. <laughs> and like, I forgot until I saw the movie what the type of dancing they were doing was. And my brain was like ballroom dancing, you know, like slow dancing, ballroom dancing. And I looked at it. I was like, nope, that's not what it was. That's not what I thought it was at all. <laughs> no. I completely forgot that it's like that line. 
and they like go close to each other like and then because she made something about how they uh she wants to talk to her dancing partner i'm like how do you talk when you're four feet away from the other do you just scream and let everybody else hear your conversation because it's like you're only next to each other for about three seconds as you pass by <laughs> so i'm like how are you supposed to have a conversation like that well they make it work they make it work they're not yeah. i mean because it's a fluid dance so you know they they, they make it work I just think it must be so awkward to like talk and dance like that because it's not like you're close to each other the entire time. Very true. They begin um, dancing really quietly and Elizabeth makes a comment and he replies, goes silent again and she tells him he needs to make conversation now, which is my favorite part of like this entire thing. She's like, well, I already talked, so it's your turn to talk. Like you have to start the conversation. (laughs) And he's like, well, what do you want me to say? Like I thought that was so funny. It's like the modern day conversation couples have about dinner. Well, I picked dinner yesterday, so now you have to pick dinner today. Well, then what do you want? Well, that's not the point of this. The point of this is I said you have to pick. That, and then you say Chipotle, and they're like, we had Chipotle yesterday. And you're like, well, then you have to say something. <laughs> it's it's such like a like long-term relationship type of conversation that they're having right now it's like i already no i changed the kids diapers yesterday you have to do it today like yes yes that is so funny so true and then um at this point elizabeth because she has no chill hints that she knows what went on between uh darcy and wickham and i was like oh wait to ruin a night elizabeth like terrible she's just poking the bear I know. She's like, hey, you know what would be fun if I brought up this trauma for you? See, but she doesn't realize it's trauma yet. She's That's trying true. to she's trying to throw his bad behavior in his face. Yeah. And she, she thinks he's bad. She, yeah, she doesn't realize what she's just done to him. Yeah. I like after knowing his side of the story, this part makes me so upset. I know. It's so much of both of their behavior, hers especially, is so mm-hmm. cringy when yeah. you get to the end of the book because you're just like oh you behaved so bad and you really really shouldn't have and it's like you know that um she is one of those people that like lays awake at night and replays this entire conversation she's like oh i hate myself yep um darcy says that she shouldn't judge him when she doesn't know him which is a fact mm-hmm. and then miss bingley says that um so after they are done dancing, Miss Bingley comes up to Elizabeth and says that uh, Wickham is actually in the wrong here and that what was left to him was conditional only. And then at this point, I put the guess in that the condition was that Wickham had to marry Wickham. Yeah, Wickham had to marry Miss Darcy, who he does not seem to like, which was not a fact, but <laughs> I still had to. That was my guess for what the condition was. Jane really likes Bingley, which I think is super sweet because I just, every time that there's reference to them being together, I just have to make a note of it. And then in this moment is when Collins finds out that Darcy and his employer are related. So Collins goes up and starts paying his respects to Darcy as obnoxiously as humanly possible. Oh, Oh. it's so, and what makes that even worse is that was at a point in time where you could not walk up to a stranger. Mm-hmm. It did not matter if you had seen that stranger half a dozen times. If you had yeah. not been personally introduced to them by somebody else, yeah. then it was the deepest faux pas. And as as his aunt's ambassador, Collins, as, as Mrs. What, Catherine's ambassador, mm-hmm. Collins should have known 
that it was the deepest faux pas and it, it was an insult to our to darcy and his position to go yeah. up and address him like that yeah. and he just did it in front of everybody it was no it was so uncouth and it was just like no please no don't do it please and he's like i'm gonna do it and everyone's like uh and then of course who pays for it but elizabeth because yeah. then miss bingley is all like what interesting relatives you have and elizabeth is like just die just die uh yeah and he does it so loudly and like at that point darcy's in the center of the room it's not like he pulls him aside and is like oh hey you know like i found out you're you know he does it in front of every single soul everybody yeah it's miserable i just want to smack him yeah and then after that, Collins follows Elizabeth around for the rest of the night so she couldn't dance with anyone else because he's already territorial. Stalker! Yep. And then um, this is when it's announced that Bingley is going to go to London for a little while. So chapter 19, I thought Collins was leaving that day, but actually he was leaving in a few days and is asking for a private word with Elizabeth. <laughs> Collins <laughs> tells Elizabeth that he selected her as his wife, which is disgusting. Which is like it's like I uh, you're I'm I'm laying such an honor on you. Yeah. Like Ugh. you're like oh that's romantic thanks like I love it. She's trying not to shudder in front of him. Ugh. Yeah. And then Collins talks all about the benefits of benefits of marriage for himself, not even weighing in Elizabeth's feelings at all. And then in his proposal, he constantly refers to Elizabeth as his cousin, and while it's true, it's so gross. So gross. I'm like, just say Elizabeth, like you. So Elizabeth says no, and Colin says, it is usual with young ladies to reject the addresses of of the man whom they secretly mean to accept. Which, how come in the 1800s men still didn't realize no means no? Uh, we're in the 2020s, and men still don't realize no means no. I know. I'm so. just, things have not improved, and it makes me sad. <laughs> I mean, so gross. And then, so after Elizabeth very clearly says no, thank you, and she is not even a little interested, Colin says that he hopes she will be nicer next time he asks. Disgusting. So, chapter twenty, Miss Be- Mrs. Bennett is going to take talk Elizabeth into marrying Collins, and I think this was very well done in two thousand five's movie. To be honest, this whole conversation. Yes. yes. Uh, I, and I love. I mean, in the books, I hate Mrs. Bingley. Not Mrs. Bingley, Mrs. Bennett. She's my mm. least favorite character. But yeah. in the movies, I'm such a fan of the actress who played her. Yeah. And how she brought her across mm-hmm. that it almost makes me want to like her because she looks like she's just, she's so stressed out over Elizabeth telling him no. She's like, what in the world is wrong with you, child? Yeah, literally. I, th- I thought it was hilarious because she's just she's like oh my gosh this daughter's never gonna get married she's gonna become an old maid like Charlotte it's basically what I'm assuming her thought process was Miss Mrs. Bennett at this point runs to Mr. Bennett to tell him to make Elizabeth marry Collins and Mrs. Bennett tells Elizabeth she'll never see her again if she refuses to marry Collins and Mr. Bennett says he'll never see her again if she does and this I loved yes. I was like yes because I we all hate Collins and that, I mean, you have to think about in that day and age, because I always forget some, well, not always, but this was written, you know, 200 years ago by 
a woman who had never, you know, she'd never been in a relationship or anything because you don't have relationships at that day and age. And so to present Mr. Bennett this way is such, that's such a modern thing Mm -hmm. to say to Elizabeth, because in most day and age, in that day and age, if your parents told you to get married, you got married. So for her to be proposed to, and it would have, it would have saved the family. Mm -hmm. I mean, the, the house, the property would have then gone to Elizabeth. And for her dad to say, uh, not only do you not have to marry him, but if you do, I'll disown you. Yeah. It's such a liberal thing for her father to say that yeah. I think it's one of the reasons why this story resonates so well mm-hmm. is even 200 years ago, you know, it's it was saying things that that were just out of place for its time. Yeah, it honestly had a lot of modern cues, like even dealing with um, Lydia running away and going off to marry someone. Yes. Like, that's very modern of this book to discuss. Like, that's yeah. not, both, mostly my frame of reference for classic literature at this point is like, Gone with the Wind, because that's the last <laughs> one I read. Which is a terrible, terrible, horrible book that I don't recommend anyone read if they don't absolutely have to. And it's not, I mean, it's Gone with the Wind, though I guess technically is classic literature. It's not like it's not classic. that old. Yeah, yeah, I mean, it's it's not even a hundred years old yet. Yeah. So, so it's like my understanding of like the way society functioned is from that book, and like that book is so horribly racist. I can't, I can't handle it. We also have to remember that was what 1920s Georgia. Yeah. 1920s the South. I know. Whereas Pride and Prejudice is in the the 18 early 1800s in Britain. Yeah. And so. which I feel like Britain too didn't have as many. Like they had rules, but it, it seems like in America those rules were very strict for the way society behaves, whereas in Europe they still were like people are people in a way. So they still allowed certain things. Like while things were not necessarily great, they still were like, okay, these are still things that happen. Whereas like in America it seemed like, you know, if your kid runs away, not a single soul will discuss that publicly. Yeah. You know? So I think it's kind of weird. And I do like that Pride and Prejudice isn't like afraid to discuss that, that that is something that happens. She was she was such a modern a modern person for her time Mm -hmm. it was fantastic i know and that's i think what makes the book so good is that it doesn't feel like it's stuck in the past where a lot of classic literature does it feels very stuck yes it it aged so well yeah i definitely think so and it's not like there's not so much like while there's classism it shows like overcoming classism instead of being like classist necessarily you know so i think that's what i really liked about it so okay back to the chapter miss bennett's uh, mrs bennett says that she's going to keep her word and never talk to elizabeth again which is like being raised with sisters threats like this i always find funny in books because it's so like it happens all the time and it's like i'm never going to speak to you again you ate the last cookie in the fridge and how dare you and she's i mean she doesn't even last half a second before she's already off and lecturing her some more i know i I think it was like an hour she lasted, right? Probably not even. It was crazy. So chapter 21, um, Collins will not look at or speak to Elizabeth, and he's now talking solely to Miss Lucas. 
Because I think um, Elizabeth had said, hey, can you like distract this guy because he's annoying the living daylights out of me? And she's like, sure. And then turns out, uh, you know, they end up getting married. <laughs> so all the girls go over to the aunt's house to see if um, Wickham, uh, to see Wickham. And he says he couldn't bear to be in the same room as Darcy, which is already suspicious because this is where you start seeing holes in his story. Because it's like, if his side of the story was true, Darcy would be hiding from Wickham, but he's not. So yep. um, apparently the Bingley family and Darcy have gone to London and have no intention of returning anytime soon, according to a letter written to Jane. And then Miss Bingley shadily implies that Bingley will marry Darcy's sister in her letter as well. This made me so salty. <laughs> and then they told um, Mrs. Bennett that the Bingleys are leaving, but not about Darcy's sister, which is smart, in my opinion. Yes, it's very smart because they don't, I mean, they don't want to have to deal with their mom any more than they already have to, you know? Truth. No, no, no need to poke the bear. Mm-hmm. So chapter 22 Elizabeth's friend Charlotte is now going to marry Collins. And I immediately put a question mark. I was like, what? Because it really did came out, come out of the blue. Like, it was like, they're casually talking to now they're engaged. Well, she was super, I mean, she was super sneaky about it, too. Yeah. She, she saw that opportunity, and she, I think, I don't think enough credit is given to Charlotte in this book. Because mm-hmm. Elizabeth is all like, what a bad choice, what a bad decision. But Charlotte worked that so well she saw an opportunity she used it to herself all throughout the book she manages to push off collins she gets him out of her face she encourages Mm -hmm. him go outside do this she agrees with everything he says to stop the ranting Mm -hmm. you know elizabeth looks down on charlotte for agreeing to marry collins but i think in reality charlotte played that so well she she manipulates the crap out of him yeah and now she's in a nice home she's taking care of herself she's not underneath her parents thumb anymore mm-hmm. they don't even sleep in the same room you yeah. know she, she has, very, has to do very little to appease him and now mm-hmm. she's got like this great new gig out of it yeah so she basically got a casual roommate yeah i i don't think enough credit was given to charlotte and yeah. how smooth she made that happen for her i do think that charlotte just did not ever want to get married and she's like okay i know i have to so i'll just marry this guy and i'm not gonna allow him near me but i've always wondered if if maybe deep down charlotte wasn't a lesbian i wondered that too that's why i was like you know i not to like put modern not, not to like put my perspective on her but i was like i wonder if that was like Jane Austen's queuing into not all people are happy and like not all people want to be in straight relationships but you know that just might be my perspective putting that onto her well I mean homosexuality is not a new concept yeah it's not something that just popped up in the last you know 40 decades or 40 years or whatever they've had homosexual you know at one point in time it was common you know in the Roman Empire it was Mm -hmm. It was, they thought that the only way you could truly be of one mind was with a person of the same sex. So it certainly wasn't something that was talked about at that day and age, but they, they had lesbians and they had yeah. gay 
people. You know, I know that, but I, it I, on the down low. <laughs> yeah, I think I said that the wrong way. I meant it as more of like, I didn't want to say that like I'm putting that perspective on her because of like, you don't really write that in books at that time. But like, I definitely knew there was less. Because yeah. what's in it? Um, I might be wrong, but I know there was a famous author. I think it was Mary Shelley. Wasn't I might be wrong. I know Shakespeare's was gay, right? Shakespeare, um, bye, most definitely. Bye. Okay. Yeah. And then I, I feel like I heard something about Mary Shelley. I feel like I heard that she did orgies, and that she might have been gay. But I don't, I don't know if that's a fact. I don't know if that's a fact. I might just be spreading rumor here. It sounds like a fun rumor. <laughs> I just, I remember seeing something about that, and I was like, that hits right. Like Mary Shelley's mar- married to the dude who wrote Frankenstein, right? Uh, I thought, no, Mary Shelley wrote Frankenstein. Oh, Mary Shelley wrote, well, I'm stupid. I don't know that was written by a woman. I think she had to put it under a fake name when it was published. Ah, well, that makes more sense then. Yeah, Uh, because Jane Austen also published Pride and Prejudice anonymously. That I did know. Yeah. Okay, so back to the book. Uh, chapter 23. So Mr. Uh, Lucas comes over to announce Charlotte's engagement and everyone in the Bennett family thinks he's lying because Jane just uh, Collins just proposed to Jane three days ago. <laughs> and Miss Bennett Mrs. Bennett is not happy at all and Elizabeth is so disappointed in Charlotte and it's putting a damper on their friendship. Which, yeah it's kind of sad. But I... <laughs> I mean, I get it. I think in Jane's or in Elizabeth's mind, she's like, you're marrying so below your status, you know, like, because he's not a good or interesting person. And Jane wants her to be with someone that's like, awesome. But I don't think Charlotte, if she was given, even if she was given Darcy or Bingley, she's not interested in them. She doesn't want a man. Well, I think at this point in time, she's at the point where beggars can't be choosers. She That's needs, true. She needs to get out of her parents' house. And so, yeah. and she knows, I mean, she's old, at least for that point in time. She's mm-hmm. not pretty. She's got nothing to recommend her. Yeah. Um, so she's basically telling, you know, Elizabeth that, you know, you're being, you're being stuck up when yeah. this is what's best for me. And you should be a good friend and be happy for me instead of sticking your nose up at a situation that just because you are good enough to tell him no doesn't mean that I am in a place that I can. Plus, I think Charlotte secretly kind of enjoys the fact that she can push Collins around, whereas like she doesn't she doesn't want someone that's going to tell her what to do all the time. She wants someone that like is going to just exist. So it looks like she has a man in her life. Yep. Yep. She has him wrapped around her little pinky. Yeah. And. I mean, I get it, and I respect it. Like, Charlotte totally pulled a power move at that point. Yes, she did, and I thought it was awesome. And then uh, Colin says he's going to be turn- be returning rather soon, and not a single soul in that Bennett household is happy about it. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess they're hoping to get married very quickly, because what's the sense of a long engagement when you don't love the person you're marrying? Very true. <laughs> So, um, chapter 24, Bingley is stuck in London uh, for the winter with uh, the Darcy family. Jane says she's decided to move on from Mr. Bingley, which is a lie, but, you know, 
Um, Elizabeth uh, thinks drastically less of Charlotte for lowering herself to agree to marry Collins because he is trash. Elizabeth and Jane essentially agree to no longer talk about Bangley at all. And, oh my gosh, I wrote Wickerham again. Wickham, uh, Wickham is uh, calling on the Bennett family more, and it's public knowledge that he doesn't like Darcy. This, At this point, he has told the entire town what he thinks of Darcy, which is not great. Elizabeth is just ticking people off left and right, man. I know. She does not do well in these first few chapters. Like She I, is very opinionated. Yeah, so um, chapter 25. Mrs. Bennett's uh, brother and wife come for a visit to spend Christmas with them and um, Mrs. Bennett's sister came as well so I couldn't figure out um, I guess I did say Miss, Mrs. Bennett's brother but everybody refers to them like Mr. Darcy and um, Mrs. not Mr. Darcy Mr. Bennett and Mrs. Bennett both yep. refer to him as brother they don't say brother-in-law so the entire time I was like whose like sibling is this well, they didn't really consider things as in-laws at that point mm -hmm. in time. So the siblings belong blood. They're blood related to, um, they're blood related to Mrs. Bennett, to, okay. to the girls as moms. But at mm -hmm. that point in time, it wasn't brother-in-law and sister-in-law. It was when, when you got married, these were your, now your siblings, you know, I'm now your sister. Mm -hmm. so they didn't use the term in-law at that point in time. Yeah, that's what confused me because I got so used to seeing like in-law that I was like, who are you related to? Yeah, they all belong to they all belong to Mrs. Mrs. Bennett, the one um, and only. Um, so at that point, Jane's um, going to go to London with her aunt for a bit for a change of scene. And I was hoping that she would run into Bingley, even though she's going to try not to. And then this is the point where we find out that Darcy's first name is Fitzwilliam. I love that. It's just, it's something about like seeing last names for so long that I just assume that they don't have a first name. Just, <laughs> so it's like, it's like when you learn someone's first name after you only know them by like their nickname for a while, you're like, oh, that's your first name. Well, and I mean, you think, you know, 200 years later, all throughout history, he's still only known as Darcy. You yeah. Know, people, people don't refer to him as Fitzwilliam. And one of the reasons that is, is because his first name is his cousin's surname. Mm. So yeah. Darcy Fitzwilliam, but then his cousin is Colonel Fitzwilliam. I mean, Fitzwilliam yeah. Darcy, but then his cousin is Colonel, Colonel Fitz Fitzwilliam. Yeah. So it's like a family name, but yeah. it's a family name that's already used by someone else in the book. Yeah, it was like finding out that Bingley's first name was Charles. I was like, mm. <laughs> I don't like it. So chapter 26, Elizabeth uh, tells her aunt that she's not in love uh, with uh, Wickham currently, which... Liar! Yeah, I know. Um, Charlotte is now a day away from getting married and asks Elizabeth to visit her, uh, and Jane has now gone to London. So Charlotte was married and then immediately went to Kent from the chapel doors. She didn't even go back home. She didn't go to the bathroom. She immediately walked out and was like, all right, time to go to Kent, which is wild. Because I was like, the, was the carriage fully packed and just uh -huh. waiting? Oh, my uh -huh. goodness. Could you imagine going in your wedding dress and driving halfway across the country? <laughs> like, well, their, their, their wedding clothes were designed to be able to hop in the carriage and head off to their husband's house. Because, like, I know Kent, realistically, from London, 
is not that far but like imagining it in a carriage it must have been like a couple hours at least this is one of the hardest things i struggle with Mm -hmm. when i read european literature Mm -hmm. is when we think of the country when we think of a country we think of the united states yeah so I'm going from Florida to Seattle, you know, that's a five day car drive. If I'm mm-hmm. traveling in a buggy and carriage, you know, that's five months. But England, the whole country of England is smaller than the state of Texas. Yeah. So, so it's, it's when we think, you know, they're traveling all over the country mm-hmm. and we're thinking, oh, that must take months. In reality, it only takes hours because you can, you could get from one side of England to the other in a car in a matter of like yeah. six hours, you know? See, I had the advantage. I went to London for a study abroad for a month. So I like lived there for oh, a month. Cool. So I, yeah, I have like an understanding of like it. But I'm trying to remember how long, like in the tube, which is basically, it's pretty direct. It goes pretty fast. It, I think it still took like an hour to get there. Like I'm trying to remember because now it's been a couple of years. But I only went to Kent once while I was there. But it still took a while. So I'm like, okay, if they're outside of London, like how long does it take to possibly get there? I think I think, I think it's a four hour drive from London to yeah where they're at. Or four that hour feels right. Buggy. That's still wild to me. So Jane wrote a letter to Elizabeth saying that she visited uh Miss Bingley, but didn't see Mr. Bingley. And the visit was very quick, like Miss Bingley didn't want to see her. So this is our first cue in that something's wrong. <laughs> so uh, Jane's no longer friends with Miss Bingley and sees that she's been fooled. Thank goodness, because Jane is way too trusting. Also, the Bingley family may be selling their house near them. And then Wickham, uh, Wickham is officially admiring someone else, which is annoying. So chapter 27 it's march now and elizabeth is going to see charlotte she uh goes to do a pit stop and sees jane on her way which i thought was really nice and elizabeth is going on a road trip with her aunt and uncle over the summer so that's kind of all that happens in chapter 27 but like it sets up like that road trip i don't know why i didn't think people did that like i just thought that was wouldn't be a thing that happens very often but i was like (laughs) i like to see it like that's very modern you know yes well, they called they called it tours back then. So they yeah. took a tour of the city or a tour of the whatever it was. So yeah, it's like my favorite part of the book. I know. I like that. I was like, that's like a fun little thing to do. But I also like that they go see Pemberley. So. Hello, everyone. Thank you so much for joining me for this episode of the Barely Bookish podcast. Uh, I am so happy that you all are enjoying it so far. Um, yeah, thank you so much for listening to this latest episode. If you want to find Amanda Fay, she is um, on Instagram as Amanda underscore Fay underscore books. She's on Facebook as facebook.com backslash Amanda Fay books. Um, she's on the web as amandafaybooks.com. She's also a wonderful author, so make sure you check out her books on Amanda Fay um, on Amazon. Uh, I will have all of these in the show notes as well, so they're very easy for you to find, so make sure you check those out. 
Um, if you want to find me anywhere, it's at Barely Bookish on pretty much everything. I have Instagram, I have Facebook, I've got a Twitter, I even got a TikTok where I make videos that I think are funny. So, you know, if that's what you want to see, hop over to TikTok and find me. Um, yeah, as I mentioned in the beginning, we also have the Barely Book Club. So if you want to read books with a lot of very cool people, make sure to go ahead and check that out. Uh, we would love to have you. We also suggest books at the end of each reading, so if this book isn't quite up your alley, uh, still feel free to join the Discord by going to barelybookish.com slash connect, and, or backslash connect, and make sure to check it out, and then you can suggest a book uh, right when the they open back up again, and if you want to keep in touch, just make sure to follow me on Instagram. That's where I am most of the time. Um, yeah, that's it. My logo was designed by my wonderful little sister, Sarah. The theme song is called Video Game Blockbuster by Raphael Crux on freepd.com. And that's all I have for you guys. I will catch you in the next episode. Bye!